What you're hearing now are sounds from the Dane County Farmers Market, the one that takes place on Wednesday mornings from about 8.30 to 1.45. This past week, there were about two dozen vendors lining the streets outside of City Hall on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. And people were buying all sorts of things from the different vendors. String beans, asparagus, strawberries, and sugar snap peas, and cheese curds. I bought some brownies, and I bought some uh, kohlrabi. I got some bok choy, uh, green beans, kale, and um, snap peas. Uh, I was there also this past week, and I bought some some gorgeous rhubarb and some beautiful asparagus that I can't wait to cook up this week. So here's why I'm talking about the Wednesday morning farmer's market. It is one of many hundreds of events that take place on city streets, on city sidewalks, and in city parks. In fact, in 2017, there were 349 street use event days. So bottom line, there are a lot of events happening on public property. So much so that the city is taking steps to figure out what to do about all of them. So, on today's episode, we're asking, does Madison have festival fatigue? Hi, I'm Abby Becker, and I'm the city and county government reporter for the Capital Times. I am Lisa Speckard-Pask. I am the metro reporter at the Cap Times. Hey, I'm Eric Lawrenson. I'm a tech and culture writer for the Cap Times. And this is The Madsplainers. Okay, so we're talking about street use events and Madison's many festivals. Um, I was thinking about this um, when uh, I feel like in the summertime, every every time I walk outside of my my front door in a near east side neighborhood, um, you know, I'm always thinking, shoot, what event did I not know of? What did I not hear about? Um, or just a couple weekends ago, I had some friends in town and forgot to let them know that Ride the Drive was happening. So they had to get all rerouted with, um, you know, John Nolan being closed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know about you guys, what your experiences have been with yes, all the events I think in the Madison. Rerouting is probably the number one annoyance. And I've taken part in many of these festivals myself. So, you know, I have love for the festivals. But when I did not have a car and was reliant on the bus system, I remember one. Saturday, which is already kind of rough for the bus system because they don't run as often. Some event on the square had rerouted everything, and I was so confused, and it took me so long to get to where I needed to get. So I was not feeling the love for the festivals that day, I will say that. I'm definitely not a festival hater, but sometimes I, I do feel the annoyance, I, I, I admit. Yeah, there's definitely no shortage of them, especially in my neck of the woods. Near East Side, there's Willie Street, the Atwood neighborhood, Central Park. These are all kind of hot spots for various festivals. And it's like every other weekend, you can guarantee there's something going down. Yes, especially especially in the summertime. Which, you know, like they can be annoying, but also so many of them are so beloved. And I have been part of many that I was I would be like, no, you can't take that away. You know, the Crazy Legs Run, for example, that is a massive rerouting of traffic. But it's also really fun and it's a fun Madison tradition. So 
I see the tension. Yeah, no, For I was talking with um, a neighborhood center director um, about the, the Willie Street Parade and the Willie Street Fair, and you know he described one moment of the parade as a near-religious moment. So these are very important, um, which I love the Willie Street Parade. That's my neighborhood. I am all about that. Um, I don't know if I'd go you know, as far as a religious experience, but... You know, yeah, I was in that parade one year. I don't remember how that came about, but I was flower man. I just had flowers in my beard. I was handing out flowers to everyone and you were there and I gave (laughs) you you a flower. flower. You did. And it made my day. Yes, I put it in a vase. I was so happy about it. (laughs) How did you even get to be in the parade? My sister, a former Madisonian and a person at large in the Willie Street neighborhood somehow made it happen. She person at large. I was just I went to the parade to pick out a spot to watch the thing, but my sister was, oh no, Eric, <laughs> here's a bunch of flowers and you're going to hand I them out I love that so people. much. When you first began the story, I was about to ask how old you were at the time. <laughs> oh, you this said the was, word beard and yeah. I took the context clue. Yes. You were yeah. a grown up at the time. <laughs> yeah, this was just like two years ago, I think. So, I mean, yeah, we've been talking about how, um, yeah, how many events these are and... Um, is it too much of a good thing? Is it too much of a good thing? Well, um, the, the number of events have increased over the years. So there are, um, there are more. Um, they're taking a toll on city agencies. Neighborhood residents, you know, are getting upset about it. You know, events bring in noise. Uh, they bring in more people with their cars. The cars need to be parked somewhere, and there's not enough parking. Um, so much that some neighborhood associations are calling for a limited moratorium on any new events. Um, and, and the city is also at the very beginning stages of a process to look at the ordinance that regulates these street use events. Um, so for anyone out there thinking, wow, there are too many things going on, you might be right. Um, there, there might actually be too many events going on. Well, and how many events are going on? I feel like if I was had no idea, my number would be much lower than what it actually is. <laughs> yeah. So since 2007, um, the number of street use event days uh, each year uh, jumped from 196 to 349. Um, And when we're talking about street use event days, these are um, events that require the use of the street, essentially. But it's also any public right of way. So that could include, you know, sidewalks, um, you know, terraces, alleys, bicycle paths, things like that. Yeah, that's a huge increase. Like, that's a huge number. Yeah. So we've had this big explosion in uh, street use events. Why is that happening? That is a very good question. So I recently hosted a Cap Times talk on this very question of does Madison have festival fatigue? And Kelly Lamberty, the community events coordinator for the city, had some insights into why the number of events in the city has increased so much over time. You know, initially, I would say back in the back in the day, um, late 70s, early 80s, there was a um, concerted effort on the part of the mayor who happened to be Paul Soglin at the time as well, and um, to have people come downtown, you know, to come and enjoy the capital and have events and, you know, make it a place where people come to have a good time and enjoy themselves. And that was very successful over the years. Um, And I think in the last few years, there's been a a few things that have really increased the number, and it has to do with 
Um, we've had national and international events come in like Iron Man, and they really, you know, like the, the area. They like the people that are here. They enjoy it. They've had great events here. Um, and so that's become known. Um, there's a lot more venues, um, particularly in the uh, Isthmus area. Um, King Street with Majestic has become a big, um, they have a series of events. McPike Park. There's also Breeze, which, you know, is, Breeze is being used more as a concert venue. And then, and Olin Park, in fact, um, but probably more towards the athletic type of activities, but also very popular. Outdoor music is popular. Theme runs for fundraising is, has gotten very popular. <clears throat> and then since, you know, early 2017, we've had a fair number of political rallies and marches and things like that. Um, but another huge part of this is that the, the commission, the Street Use Staff Commission, that oversees the approvals for the permits for these events, um, they rarely say no, which I thought was interesting. Um, so they really do try to work with event organizers to make, to make their, their thing happen. If, for example, you know, I want to organize a fun run and I want to go up State Street and around the Capitol and back down State Street, um, that, for whatever reason, may not work for, for bus rerouting and things like that. Um, but, you know, instead of the city just flat out saying no, they would likely work with me to sort of change the route of my run, um, you know, f- for that to happen. So, so because of that, um, there are just more. I wonder what it takes for them to say no. Oh. How extreme does your event have to be for the city to put its foot down? Yeah, do you have examples of any? So I think the the question about how extreme does it have to be? It has to be a water slide down East Washington Avenue. <laughs> that that was a that was a legitimate proposal that the city received, and uh, they rejected that. So that did not happen. How? <laughs> tell me more about the water slide. Uh, I, how yeah, long would it have been? I think this was just yeah an organization that would seek to get water slides in cities. I don't know. Um, and they yeah they they were like oh we're gonna have let's have one down East Washington Avenue. Once I learned that, then I spent a lot of time thinking, would would I do that? Like, would I pay? Would I pay to go down that slide? I yeah, think I might have. Would. I think I might. I would have had yeah, to. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, but yeah, but that one got a no, and um, <laughs> yeah, that was is the only project I know of that hasn't gotten a permit. It's funny because I was just whining about how this free so many events free routes traffic and I'm like but I want this one too this one sounds like a good one why did they reject it yeah that's that divide between you know these events are fun we we like them neighbors like them um but also you know they do have this this negative effect that the city has to kind of work out uh, one thing that you're, you're talking about here when it comes to this conversation is uh equity um can you talk more about how does that enter into the conversation here. Yeah, well, I, you know, that that is a, is a big concern. And I think this um, becomes the most apparent when we're looking at uh, metro transit bus routes. Um, you know, I've, you know, nearly every weekend in the summer, there were metro transitors working on a different bus route um, due to an event because of a road closure, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so when, when this happens, I mean, uh, public transit dependent riders then, you know, need to figure out where their new routes are. Um, and, uh, you know, I think in a survey, um, uh, survey respond, I think 70% of them had said that they had trouble finding, um, finding a new bus stop due to a detour. So then that population of riders, you know, is not catching their bus and they could be going to work. They could be do- going to a doctor's appointment. They could be going to pick up their kid. And, you know, they're not getting on that bus. So um, that's problematic. And I, I think if you look at, especially on weekends, um, the bus routes that go down East Washington Avenue, if you miss that, the next one doesn't come for a whole hour. So, I mean, you're really, you know, not 
not getting to where you want to go, you know, in an expedient fashion. So yeah, so Metro is, is, is quite worried about it. You know, when I was talking to the general manager, he, um, it was his belief that Madison is already past capacity. Um, and they're, they're really wanting to, um, to work with the city to, to get a handle on this. Yeah, just to get an idea of how many of these events are disrupting bus routes. Do you have an idea of like the, these 349 I remember talking to Metro Transit and, you know, they were saying, especially during the summer, it's um, it's, it's every weekend that they're they're changing bus routes. So um, oh, it's, it's all the time, essentially, is is what I came away with. It's a lot um, of extra work for a lot of people, well, not I, only at the city, but at Metro. And yeah. And I think it's important to note, too, that um, the bulk of these events are happening on the isthmus, that narrow strip of land between, you know, two lakes. And, you know, event organizers, I think, want to have their events, um, you know, located uh, centrally and, you know, in the heart of the city. We have the capital, you know, close to the lakes and State Street, all these iconic Madison, uh, you know, pieces of imagery. Um, and but... You know, but but then when they are so concentrated, that that does make it difficult because that means that you know the bus routes closer, you know, downtown are being affected more. Those neighborhoods, you know, are being affected more. Some people say the city should promote events moving off of the isthmus and out of downtown and into other neighborhoods of the city. Barbara Harrington McKinney is one of those people. Uh, she is an alder for District One on the city's west side, and she was recently on the Cap Times Talk panel that I that I moderated about festival fatigue. When you're talking about everything is destinational and everything is on the isthmus, we want to spread that out. I mean, the north side, you know, they have their events, but there's really not a lot of things that's happening on the west side. As we're looking at spreading and looking at Madison being a destination point, it's not just on the isthmus. People travel. If there is something that's spectacular that's happening on the west side, they'll get in their cars and they'll drive to the west, the west side as well. She's also one of the key organizers of WestFest, which is a somewhat new festival on the west side. It takes place in the summertime in Elver Park, um, and it is going to its third annual year. That festival, as Barbara describes it, is really about building community um, and a sense of neighborliness among the, the various communities on the west side. How do you bring communities together? You give them food, you give them entertainment, you give them a place to be. And so that place making is building community and it's intentional, but people are coming together. I'm, I'm not trying to sing kumbaya. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about bringing communities into a space where they get to know one another and there's relationship building. So what are we talking about doing about this problem? Like what sort of solutions is the city looking at? So right now, the city is, like I said earlier, at the very beginning stages of of this process. Um, and in Madison, sometimes these things can take a while. But where the city is at is um, they're still leading um, d- discussions with neighborhood residents, anyone who's interested, um, you know, to come to these small group events where they can brainstorm and things like that. Um, so, so they're very much in the informational gathering stage. But eventually what that will lead to is, um, is likely, you know, a proposed change to the ordinance that regulate street use events. Um, And so I imagine what this could look like is something that basically would augment the current ordinance, maybe, you know, strengthen it, um, maybe put, um, you know, language in there that, um, you know, might make it more restrictive for events or, you know, um, you know, I I don't know. Um, um, They just do know that 
I think changes are necessary, but are trying to figure out what exactly those might be. I did, you know, want to note that, um, you know, the, the city, you know, made a point, um, the, the community events quarter made a point to tell me that they don't hate events and they don't want to stop them, but they are at a point where something, you know, needs to be done about them. So here's Kelly Lamberty clarifying the city's intentions. People love, you know, outdoor music and they love, it makes the city incredibly vital and there's things that people look forward to every year. And so uh, we don't, we don't want to get rid of events. We just want to make sure that we um, understand and come to a good balance of the people who live here and want to get around and, you know, and so that they can enjoy their city as well. Yeah, I think just one day in their shoes, like if I had to do their job for one day, I would say, okay, we need to drastically cut down all these events because of how much work it probably. Yeah, well, and it's hard too when, um, you know, I was speaking with someone from the Tenney Lapham neighborhood and um, in Tenney Lapham, there's, um, you know, Bree Stevens Field, um, which is, that's a slightly different animal than just street use events um, because they do have an agreement with the city. But, um, you know, but the the opinions are so divided. You know, you could have one neighbor who says this absolutely must go. We cannot have this. And then the house next door, someone might say, I moved here because I like everything going on. So that makes it really difficult for, for city officials, local alders to, you know, to, just to find a solution that will make everyone happy. Gary Callis is the executive director of the Wilmar Neighborhood Center. And he said that he's heard people complain about events, but they're often just about little things. Most of those folks who will, will, will share their angst about various events, usually it's about the margins of the event, right? If you could just turn it down, if you could close an hour earlier, if you could reduce one of your days, yada, yada, yada. But most of those folks will say that the events on the east side are, bring great value to the community. Patty Prime is the president of the Tenney Lapham Neighborhood Association. She's heard a lot of mixed opinions from neighbors in her area as well. Um, she made the point that some people moved to the neighborhood because of all the events going on. We've grown in our neighborhood by about 50%. And a lot of the people who move here, they are moving here specifically, as Gary says, for place. Because the isthmus is downtown, the proximity to the capital and to work is fabulous. And then there's festivals and there's activity, there's things to do. And so it's attracting a lot of people who want to live here. I'm curious, Abby, you wrote a cover story about this. Um, how did readers react? Because people do have strong feelings about their festivals. What is your sense of, do people in Madison have festival fatigue? A lot of the reactions I heard were sort of agreeing with the points that the article made. Um, you know, even people who, who really like all of these events recognize that there are a lot going on. Um, and yeah, and, and others were, did say, yes, I am sick of this. You know, every night of the summer, they might be hearing music from a different area from their front porch. And, um, and sometimes you just want like a night of quiet, you know, in your home with your windows open to enjoy the summer air. Yeah, so, so I think some people are, are rightfully, you know, tired of all of this stuff going on. You know, a couple of people did say that um, that these are a good thing and that, you know, we should, 
you know, be, be keeping them the same? Well, I mean, or? are they generating money for someone, presumably? Right. <laughs> that, so that's, that's another wrinkle to this whole conversation is that, you know, a lot of these events, we talk about the big five on the Near East side, you know, the Waterfront Festival, uh, the Orton Park Festival and Willie Street and all of that. So so those um, are, are fundraisers for local organizations. Um, you know, Feta Marquette um, supports the Wilmar Neighborhood Center and has for, for a very long time. So those support local organizations. Um, and I then guess even like Crazy Legs is a charity run. and Yeah. And so, but, but the tension I think comes in where if you have an event in a neighborhood that is affecting neighbors with noise, with parking concerns, with traffic rerouting, and, and that event that's happening there isn't even helping your neighborhood, that's when I think neighborhood residents are like, I don't want this fun run coming through my neighborhood because it's making money for you know, something else, maybe a private organization or whatever, um, you know, and we already have so much going on. I don't want to have this here. So so then the, the whole for-profit, um, you know, not-for-profit and you know, raising money for community organizations, I think there's like, there's a tension there yeah. as well as far as, you know, who the money you know, is, is benefiting. And that's it for this episode of The Mad Splainers. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you find podcasts. You can also leave us a rating or a review. We definitely want to hear your feedback. The next episode of The Mad Splainers will be out in two weeks. In the meantime, you can check out other Cap Times podcasts like The Corner Table about culinary issues, food, and entertainment. Uh, you can also listen to Wedge Issues, a podcast about the 2018 elections in Wisconsin. You can also follow us on Twitter. Eric is at Eric Lorenzen. Lisa is at Lisa Pask. And I'm at A Becker underscore four. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.